Hi there, my name is Dr. Austin Tay. I am a UK-trained and Asian-based organizational psychologist. I am also the founder of Omnicide Consulting, where we specialize in executive coaching, leadership assessment and development, career transitioning, training and workplace intervention. I have a special interest in workplace bullying and use acceptance and commitment therapy in the work I do with individuals and organizations. For more information about the services I provide, please check out my website www.omnisci.com. Apart from this podcast, I also have a blog where I pen my thoughts as an organization psychologist. If you want to find out more about what I've shared, do check me out at www.draustintay.com. Hi there, welcome to episode 13 of Sight Chat. In this episode, I'm joined by James Molly Kirk to discuss counterproductive work behavior and organization structure. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. As usual, if you have any questions or suggestions, please send them to sightchat at omnisite.com or tweet to site underscore chat. Hello and welcome to Site Chat. Today is the episode 13 and my name is Dr. Austin Tay and I'm joined today by uh, James Molly Kirk. Hi James, how are you? Hi Austin, really good thanks. How are things in Malaysia? <sighs> Same beautiful day as yesterday. <laughs> yeah, wonderful thanks, really good. Good, good, good. Now, in today's podcast, we will continue to talk about uh, CWB, that is counterproductive work behavior. Now, we will look at the relationship between CWB and organizational structure. Now, a reminder of what CWB is. Now, counterproductive work behavior, as we discussed last uh, episode, refers to the volitional behaviors by employees that have the potential to harm an organization, its members, or both. Now, it includes rudeness, sabotage, wasting time, and withholding effort. CWB is regarded as a behavior strain, that is, a negative behavior performed in response to um, perceived workplace stresses. Uh, it is also a, an element of job performance. Now, we spoke about environmental and individual antecedents uh, previously in the uh, past episode to CWB. Uh, Last podcast, we discussed the use of personality questionnaire to identify dark traits and how that can be useful uh, for organizations. Today, we will be talking about the relationship between organizational structure and CWB. Now, in particular, we will be touching on psychological safety and psychosocial climate. Um, in discussing these two areas, we are essentially addressing the work uh, environment hypothesis. That is, in this case, 
CWB is caused by what are presented in the work environment. Now the question, of course, what, what is psychological safety? Um, as usual, I'm going to give you a definition. Um, psychological safety is a belief that one will not be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes. Now, this is a definition defined by Amy Edmondson, the Novartis Professor of Leadership and Management. Uh, now, the concept of psychological safety stems from her research in 1999. It sounds very, very far away, but I think this whole concept of psychological safety was kind of revived quite recently with uh, research done by uh, Google, I think. Um, mm -hmm. As I said, it is her research in 1999 um, titled Psychological Safety and Learning Behavior in Work Teams. Now, this research focuses on the construct of team psychological safety, that is a shared belief that the team is safe from interpersonal risk taking. And this study that comprises 51 work teams found that psychological safety is associated with learning behavior. So in, in a sense, how safe they feel in the environment that will kind of uh, affect the way they learn in a working environment. Learning behavior mediates between team psychological safety and team performance. Learning behavior in this research is a set of activities whereby members within a group uh, they engage in an ongoing process of reflection and action, characterized by asking questions, seeking feedback, experimenting, reflecting on results, and discussing errors or unexpected outcomes of actions. So I just want to be clear that this initial research it's actually based on team psychological safety and not on individual psychological uh, safety at all. Then the question for me is, how do we link psychological safety to CWB then? And based on the learning behaviors delineated by Emerson's research, these behaviors, if we break them down, kind of falls into um, a uh, few categories here. One, risk-taking experimenting, reflecting on results, and discussing about errors or unexpected outcomes of, of actions. Then there is also the autonomy, where they, the, the team members are allowed to reflect and then take action. The third one is more of guidance, you know, asking questions, seeking feedback from people within the team or, or within the organization. When individuals working in an organization do not have autonomy, I think, in, in their work, they are more prone to be discouraged you know, not to take risks, become very risk adverse. And when they have no guidance uh, and, and working with all this restriction, uh, to me, it, it can be very frustrating for them. So therefore, I believe that you know, this can easily result to some individuals feeling that they need to do something. So they will exhibit uh, CWB. Um, this is what I think. But what do you think, James? Yeah, it's... It Interesting. So the idea there would be, if I got that right, that if you take the original idea of CWB being you know, related to uh, a stress reaction to the environment, though, as you know, I don't entirely give a free pass to people having traits that are predisposed, unfortunately, to, uh, uh, to behaviours that are counter the interests of other people. So whether it's a stress, assuming it's a stress reaction, that CWB, even if it's just 
uh, avoidance behavior, disengagement, if you include those in CWB, um, or it's, it's more aggressive sorts of behaviors, uh, bullying and so on, as you well know, then, uh, then yeah, if you, if you create an environment that's not psychologically safe, within those things you don't encourage risk taking risk taking is is shut down or is people are punished um uh, or it's treated unfairly so somebody takes a risk and it's rewarded somebody takes the same risk and it's not um or if people are their, their autonomy is suffocated which is terribly demotivating um equally as you're saying a lack of guidance too can create a great deal of frustration and, and psycho psycho emotional stress then you one could say, yeah, CWB, parts of those behaviors are likely to come, people withdrawing or disengaging at least, because they're not being given the, the, the environment for them to thrive as in their work or as individuals. So I would agree with that. The, the bits where I would not necessarily see it as a frustration thing is it, it down to that the definition is quite interesting. Uh, so if psychological safety uh, comes from, and, and you're right, actually, it just jumps me back to the beginning that the Google research that was Project Aristotle, I think it was, or Project Ganymede, I forget which, which Romo yes, Greek. Yes, one of the strange names, don't they? That's right. I think it's, I think it's Project Aristotle, yeah, where they came out and said that psychological safety or trust was you know, the, the, the driver in the Google teams of, of high performance. Um, that was what really caught people's interests and, mm. and yeah, Edmondson around that. Um, is it, if this is belief that it's, that it's safe to, for taking risks, this is interesting because if you get that wrong, now what, what you're saying I think is really right, that the fundamental basis of it is trust and that trust is a, but it's a trust is at a group level trust, not individual trust. Trust is typically thought of as being individual, isn't it? Want me to you, you to me. Whereas this is that there's a trust within the group and that's where it's really different. So it's, if we say that it's, we am gonna create an environment where you can take risks, folks. You can say what you want to say. You can do what you want to do. It's safe to do so then that can actually create all the wrong behaviors that you don't want. If somebody wants to speak up in a meeting and speaks rudely and disrespectfully to somebody else because I should feel safe to say what's on my mind, that's not creating psychological safety. That's opening up the, you know, I'm saying it's okay to abuse people. It's okay, mm. okay to disrespect people. Mm. It's okay to show that you're frustrated. You should be psychologically safe and protected to do that. That's not the case at all. Um, so I think it, potentially where the idea, if you if you execute in your team, the idea that we're psychologically safe to take risks, we're psychologically safe to say what's on your mind um, without being criticized. No, this is not what psychological safety is. And that could open up the door to counterproductive behaviors. Yeah. And I, I think it's also interesting because as, as the original research is for teams and, and the research I just mentioned about, uh, about Google, it's also about team dynamics there. Mm. You know, and we know CWB not necessarily is done by team per se. It, it is also a behavior exhibited by an individual. Yeah. And that could be 
uh, a cry for help, a cry for attention, so that people are recognizing the issues that they're facing uh, uh, in, in the workplace. And you know, to to me, why I decided to you know have this conversation about organizational structure, this this kind of um, uh, concept about psychological safety, does it really mean that understanding it in a team environment? Firstly, can we also relate that to an individual? And then if can if we, if so, then what should an organization do? Do they start to review their structure? about you know, all the environment to, to allow people to have that kind of uh, free space to talk about things and take risks if they can. Um, to me, I, I'm quite half-hearted about the whole, whole, whole concept here because it's very easy to apply something like this to every instance in an environment, a working mm. environment. But as you said, you know, in a way, it might have a very adverse effect because it means that someone... Uh, because they they are enjoying psychological safety, they're going to take risks that might be detrimental to their organization. So it's a big question for an organization to think about whether should we uh, relook the structure that we have to create the space for uh, people to have discussion. Therefore, that will reduce CWB. In my mind, I'm not sure because all of us, are very different. And as you said in, in, in our last episode, people with dark traits might not necessarily show them unless there is an environment or a situation mm. or a trigger. Yeah. So then how can we change our, uh, how can an organization start tweaking their structure just to kind of anticipate this kind of behavior will not happen? So I think it's quite contentious at the moment. But of course, I, I know people are talking about psychological safety is important. Uh, you give uh, people who are working in an environment a say so that they will not be feeling uh, their voices are not heard. I, I get that. But I think in terms of really connecting it with CWB, more research needs to be done. I, I'm so far, I might, might be wrong. I've not seen anything in relation to CWB and psychological safety. Uh, which which is why we are having this conversation. But but in my mind, I think more research needs to be done. And while we are discussing about this, we, we have to be open with the fact that we can't expect organization to be making that kind of changes uh, just to preempt the, the outcome of a CWB uh, of individuals in, in the workplace. Um, and, and I think that also... In my mind, uh, when we talk about psychological safety, it's, it's very one-sided. It's very much as an individual or an employee thinking, I'm not given the space, I'm not given the, uh, the, the ability to, to say my piece. Uh, therefore, it's, to me, it's very subjective. Um, but mm. it's, it's, it's contentious, as I say. You still need to have this discussion, which, which kind of bring me to the second point here, the, the second bit about... Um, the organization's uh, structure, um, this thing called psychosocial climate. I mean, I, I, I you probably heard of it, and a PSC for for short. Mm. Now, I came across psychosocial climate, um, in a way through my research uh, on on workplace bullying. So uh, maybe let me give you a definition of what it is. Uh, psychosocial climate is defined as organizational policies, practices, and procedures for the protection of workers' psychological health and safety. Now, here the emphasis is about <clears throat> individuals 
psychological health and safety mm. uh, very dependent on what the policies has been uh, drafted or been used in an organization. There are, I think, some parallel with psychological safety, but at the same time, it's also quite broad. Again, both uh, concepts, I think, is perceived by the individual in the workplace. And it's not something that the organization will sit down and go, like, yeah, I'm going to have a, a, a psychological safety environment or a psychosocial climate to ensure uh, my, my employees are okay. But of course, this, is, this, this, this concept are important in a um, working environment because as, as I will perhaps just carry on saying what I want to say, mm. uh, according to my script here, uh, uh, PSC is often viewed by employees as how the organization they work for have the right policies, uh, practices, and procedures that protects their psychological health and safety. So for example, psychological health problems such as stress, burnout, demotivation, work disengagement, and bullying. Now, the conceptual theory of psychosocial safety climate draws upon perspective from the work stress, psychosocial risk, uh, organizational climate literature. Now, PSC is a, a facet-specific uh, component of organizational climate relating to freedom from psychological harm at work. In, in a way, PSC is quite similar. I mean, you can put psycho um, psychological safety as part of PSC, mm. kind of procedure, kind of policy with regards to that. Um, PSC reflects management commitment to workers' psychological health and the priority they give to safeguarding psychological health as, as opposed to production demands. Now, I'm, PSC itself, if we look at it, it's kind of a broader umbrella where psychological safety is part of it. Um, again, I, I would say that PSC is, is one of those things that we talk about a lot for researchers and also psychologists. Uh, it's something that organizations uh, are very clueless about it. They do not know what exactly it means. But does it mean by perhaps tweaking or creating uh, organizational policies that would take care of individuals of their psychological health that would actually reduce CWB? And, and this is something that I'm not sure. And I'm not sure whether that is the case or uh, we should be having a, even a, a bigger conversation about uh, psychological health in general for employees. So I'm, I don't know, what, what, what do you think? In my head, I'm, I'm kind of uh, feeling that this these two concepts are really big topic to to discuss. Yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. That uh, psychosocial climate is obviously a, it's a massive concept. Concept basically, it is the whole um, the outcome of the organization's existence from the view of of its employees. And it's, it's couched in terms, in that way, it's everything from the job design, leadership, team, everything that we, we would think about in OD, organizational development yep. terms, how to make this organizational more functional, um, uh, more efficient. Uh, and, and in this part of it, obviously, it's coming from that health and safety uh, paradigm. Where, which is a protective paradigm. And it's obviously in, in the West, typically it's legally based, is yep. that these are rights. Mm. That you, you, you must protect these things. You must, you, an organization, if you're going to employ somebody, has a duty of care. 
And so you, you're quite right, I think, when you, you mentioned there the, the points of it are health issues, stress, burnout, demotivation. Um, you then you know, picked up on, on the disengagement. Disengagement is a consequence, uh, pulling away from your 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 job. And of course, part of disengagement is is purposeful disengagement, which is CWB, of course. Yes. And so that starts to to version. But of course, it's not volitional. Volitional. Um, the idea of health and safety is if if I'm unhealthy, war may banfa. I've got no choice. Yes. I, I, I'm not doing this on purpose to hurt anybody. I'm being hurt. My capacity is being taken away from me and the climate that's been created for me to work in, mm. which is not just the, in some ways it talks here about the psychosocial climate. So it's not to do, it's more to do with the interactions with, with the human part of the organization, interpersonal setups, whether that's the rule execution on me, behavioral fair, organizational fairness, um, leadership conduct, team norms and conduct, even that, that psychological safety in the team will affect my mental, uh, my, psycho, my psychological health, isn't it? So I think it's yes. definitely, so I was about to talk about, um, you know, job, uh, job design and so on, but it's the, as with motivational impacts of job design, the motivational impacts of job design and, and the, the way we structure and clarify our job roles and so on, provide demands and, and resources um, that then lead to psychological stress or health. Yep. It's, it's the components, the impact of those psychologically on me, being overwhelmed or not, being supported or not, uh, being given work within my capacity or not. It's the impact on my psychological health of working. Mm. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's an extremely broad thing. It's linked to, um, so psychological safety is definitely part of that environment yep. and a critical part of it because that's me within sort of defining the, uh, the, what it feels like to go to work every day with this group. If I yep. go in feeling apprehensive, it's because if I say or do something, something I, I'm expecting, I can predict a, a consequence. Mm. I go in mm. with anxiety. Mm. Um, so that's also a huge part, actually, of my day-to-day -day existence in an organization. If that climate in the team is not good, mm. you know, it, it's all going to fall apart slowly but surely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, from what I was saying early on when I first started talking uh, in this podcast, these two concepts or theories sit neatly under this work environment um, hypothesis. Mm. And we know that from, from what we, we, we've been talking about CWB, Individuals who are stressed, who feels they are not being heard, or they are just feeling uh, uh, overburdened, suffering from burnout or bullying of some sort, things that's happening within the environment that they feel the organization could have or should have done something, but they don't, they will start exhibiting that. And I think it ties very neatly. Whatever theories we are talking about that falls under the, the environment in the work, it's going to somehow affect individuals being part of the system. Mm. Because if the system itself operates on a, a very macro level, you know, for a strategic person thinking, okay, this is going to work. But then if they don't start thinking about, hey, how about this different cogs within the system itself? Is it functioning well? We need to have that constant uh, uh, checking. I, I think organization needs to be mindful that 
while it's good on paper or, or everything seems on the surface to be all right, it is the responsibility, as you rightfully say, the duty of care for organization mm. to be looking at, hey, whether should we be reviewing the processes, the design of the work that we have, um, you know, we have a lot of high attrition, maybe things should change, should we streamline certain things? And then I think this, although it's part of a, a kind of OD uh, project, but it is a responsibility of an organization to be looking at, this is very crucial because people make up the whole organization. Mm -hmm. You can have a big organization running on, you know, uh, uh, fantastic nuclear power or what have you, but if the people are not there with you, your organization is not going to function well. Yeah. And then you're going to result with a lot of other issues that's going to be detrimental to the, the uh, business of the organization. And I think this is one thing that is important uh, to highlight and to, to recognize that CWB is something that we can prevent as an organization. Uh, it is something there, mm that we have to recognize. Uh, it would be foolish to think that, oh, my organization is fantastic. Nothing is happening. Nobody is, is feeling uh, burnout or stress. I think even with, with um, the present situation that we are in at the moment where everybody is actually working from home, I think there is an underlying issue that a lot of people don't see. Um, if I'm working from home, I'm feeling equally stressed or even if not more stressed than I would a bit at, at work. Because now I am actually doing back-to-back -back meetings. I have to be ensuring <laughs> that everything is done correctly. And, right. and my bosses might be actually monitoring me at the moment. So I, I think that will create also, although it's not in, in the workplace, but the environment now, because the environment has changed. Uh, being at home, working from home, that is my environment. And now, because my professional life and personal life is kind of, you know, touching each other and we're in a very gray area, um, employees are going to be feeling very, very uh, stressed and frustrated. And that would be, I think, a trigger and also a starting of them behaving counterproductively. You know, as, as, as we were having a conversation before this podcast, uh, people that we are talking uh, on, on videos and, and, and Zoom calls, sometimes they are not even prepared to even talk to us because... You know, the sense of time for them is 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 no longer there because mm. there's no no uh, uh, normality. They don't wake up to go to work to a place to work. Some of them are working from home, and, and everything is just haywire for them at the moment. So I think as as organization, uh, as we are all all over the world, we are all transitioning to working from home or or, or using technology to help us. Uh, organization needs to be mindful that we have to take care of uh, the, our employees and, and ensure that their work environment is actually uh, conducive. So mm. it would be good to actually check on them, you know, check on them and ask how are they before talking about work. And I think this, this will definitely be able to help individuals in terms of mental health and giving them a little more perspective about uh, working in, in a new norm as we are doing today. Uh, Quite right. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, of course, this 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 is definitely a, a bigger topic than um than we can actually uh, talk about in in a podcast. So I'll be very interested to hear if there are people uh, listening want want us to actually talk a little bit more about it. Uh, this is just a flavor of what we we understand about CWB and we are showing 
concepts and, and theories together and see where it connects. And I think uh, this two theories we have just talked about, uh, psychological safety and psychosocial climate, falls squarely with CWB. Um, so it would be interesting to, 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 to see what else we can talk about in CWB if we are going to do another episode. Uh, this is still in the air. So uh, you know, as, as, as usual, thank you very much, uh, James, for your insight and, and having a conversation with me. Um, this is going to be interesting. And if you do have any comments or suggestions with regards to the podcast, uh, this episode or any other episode, please do send us a, a, an email on sitechat at omnisite.com or tweet to site underscore chat. All right. So this will be the end of this uh, podcast. Thank you very much, James, for talking to me. And I hope we will be talking soon for perhaps the next episode. <laughs> Thanks, Austin. All right, then. Thank you.